simple interpretation. But he never actually said that his position is that Jews and Christians have to affirm the prophet in some way. He said it might be a possible interpretation. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream where we are joined by Chief Latif, who you've heard a lot about and you've seen his comments. He is here in the flesh. Okay, and we also have Suhaib, which is like, are you guys both from Atlanta, right? Okay, no relations though. Just friends. Okay. Suhaib is from Atlanta. We met him at Omrah. He's been here a couple times. He's hung out. We got Omar Abbasi at the booth. We got Ryan here. All these guys in the flesh. And we got Australian sheep in the fur. Okay. As you could see here, look how comfortable this is. I am extremely comfortable. You cannot even imagine. And our guest of honor is sitting on another fur. Our other guest of honor is sitting on kangaroo. Right. And so that's how uh, we will begin our program today, which is consists of the Dua of Wednesdays. Remember, you never leave off an opening that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you when Allah gives opens a door. You go into that door. Don't say, I have nothing to make Dua about. First of all, are you the only one that in the world? Don't you make Dua for others? Secondly, is there ever a human being who doesn't need something from Allah, if not want something? have to have some intensity if not for you then make dua for somebody else because others can't enter this door others haven't been given the gift of awareness recognition knowledge it's not just knowledge it's awareness consciousness to do this dua to use this hour of ijabah in which allah subhanahu uh, the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam prayed to allah in this hour received the answer and the sahaba sahabi jabir ibn abdullah recognized it and realized he understood the ways of Allah, that Allah Ta'ala never answers a dua at a time, that time becomes sacred forever. He, tafarras. Tafarras means like he saw that that's the reality of things. The Prophet never told him that. He saw that that's the reality of things. These Sahaba, the Prophet ﷺ did not just teach us by telling us things that happen. He also trained Sahaba who can observe. And they observed that if the, Allah answered a dua on a certain time, Okay, that time is sacred, right? And therefore, he said, any time that I had an issue, I would wait till Wednesday, and between Dhuhr and Asr, I would make du'a, and I would know that I received the answer. Now, the sitter about this is you often get a sign that you will get the answer. You don't necessarily, the answer doesn't necessarily have to happen at that time, but you will get a signal from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a sign in some way, shape, and form that you've, your prayer has been answered. Right? And even if you don't receive this, the dua itself is, uh, that is ibadah. A dua mukhl ibadah. Sir al ubudiyah is asking us. Is, 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 uh, is us asking. Okay? Us asking because we show ourselves that we are faqir and Allah is ghani. That's how simple it is. Allah, you have, we don't have. You just doing that by itself, it elevates you in the sight of Allah because Allah says after that, Udoni astajib lakum. Call upon me, I answer you. That's the relationship. Those who have arrogance over my ibadah, they will enter Jahannam, humiliated. Because if you don't want to make dua, you're arrogant. 
So today we will begin with that, uh, with this dua, which is not, this dua that we recited is just our choice. Because it happens to be from the awrad of the Ba'arawi to recite his bin Nasr after Dhuhr. But just for your information, do not, you're not, uh, this dua is not connected to this Wednesday ijab. It just happens to be, that's the dua of the Ba'arawi on that day. Uh, I just want to make sure I cited the ayah correctly. Um, Dakhirin is one of the only times it's it's not something that comes in the Quran except two times. Okay. Rabbukum Udoni Astajiblakum. Humiliated, disgraced. Why? Because you're arrogant. And this only comes two times in the Quran. One time in Surah Ghafir and the other times once the horn is blown into everyone in the heavens and earth is shocked so even the heavens are aware when the qiyamah happens here and they're surprised by it they're shocked by it okay except those whom Allah protects some said it's all those who fainted for the sake of Allah in this world. That means they came upon an ayah that made them faint. For example, we know Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam fainted when, when the tajalli of Allah came to the mountain, so he will not faint. He will not be shocked upon this. And anyone who saw the word of Allah and fainted, they will have, it may be, and Allah knows best, that they are from those, illa man Allah, except those whom Allah preserves. وَكُلٌ أَتَوْهُ دَاخِرِينَ In this meaning, it means everyone will come to Allah Humbled by his power. When you see the divine power, subhanAllah, any tough guy is going to be shocked. You'll be shocked at, at, at thunder when it comes down very close to you. Like lightning and thunder, you know they're one thing. We separate them because we see the lightning and the sound takes a while to come. So we separate them. The, what you see and what you hear are not always coming at the same time. But if a thunderbolt comes right near you, it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. You are in shock. That's nothing but a small, tiny creation. Imagine the nefkh v'sur, the blowing in the horn. And the trumpet, Allah knows best, but I really think it's possible, and it's just one of those permissible theories, is that the universe itself, the world itself, is projected by physicists to be the shape of a trumpet. Yeah. So a nefkh v'sur is blowing in the, to the universe, and that's why it shakes everything up. Doesn't that make sense, actually? If you actually look at how the, the uh, uh, projections, now the projections of scientists is theoretical. They may come tomorrow and say, no, it's a square. No, it's whatever. No, it's not a trumpet. But if it was correct that their projection of what the universe looks like is that it's a trumpet, right? Then it looks like a trumpet. And the akhiru the zaman, the end time, the final moment of the end, it, it, is a nefkh fissur, then Allah Adam, maybe it is like blowing into the trumpet. And this sound, we now know, sound can destroy things. It, you know how they um, they try to distribute, to disperse uh, marches now, right? With sound waves. Yeah, because it hurts. It's a wave that nobody hears, and you point it at a group of people, and they feel, they hear it, but nobody else hears it. Only if the wave touches you, you hear it. That's how they disperse marches nowadays, right? And it's almost like, it's like uh, uh, much better than water, all that stuff. 
and it, it's just with sound waves. So sound has a power to destroy things and physically affect you. So that is um, the meaning of dakhirin, right? Those who are too arrogant to call on Allah, too arrogant to ask for his help and his mercy, those people uh, are those, that is the sign of one who does not make dua. Why would you not make dua except for arrogance, laziness, uh, what have you? Someone feels too comfortable, should never feel too comfortable. You never know what's you, okay, you're comfortable. Allah made you comfortable so you can help others. That's how you preserve your comfort. So think of others. Hey, and Abdul Bidwa, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, Ila, 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 وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم أعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا وأن يحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نحور آدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حفظ يا حفظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحصنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسول الله والصالحين من عباد الله حصنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم 
اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام واكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت ثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين يا دارك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق يطرق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس اذهب الباس اذهب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاؤك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا آلم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد واكفني من الحد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعلني نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين Shall I take a couple minutes for silent du'a?
People want to see what Chief Latif looks like. <laughs> Pan that camera. No, no, no. no, no. Are, are, are you are you an executive in some 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 company that you need? Let's see what this gentleman looks like. There is Chief Latif. Say say hi to mom. <laughs> and Suhaib. Yes, guests bring the risk. By the way, we got a video tutorial from Australia for this. No, for my for that bow, that bow and arrow. I want I want our security guard when he goes outside. We got, he's got a nice jacket that says security with a fur. I want him to wear the bow. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Now listen up, folks. Before we begin, I'm going to read you something from Hashiyatul Imam al-Bayjuri. Essentially, this is one of our go-to books. If not, that's, it's the, the Hashiya. The commentary of Imam al-Bayjuri. Okay. I don't know why they call it a hashiyah, which is tuhfat al-murid. It's a sharh. So how is it a hashiyah? It's a sharh. But they call it hashiyah to Imam al-Bayjuri. But I only see one sharh here. So let's just read a line or two. If we read a line or two regularly in, for life. Listen what he says here. Ta'rif al-qada'a. القضاء عند الأشاعرة إرادة الله الأشياء في الأزل على ما هي عليه فيما لا يزال The qada is Allah's will, his judgment for some, a matter. Like his judgment from, from the azal. Okay. Meaning uh, transcendently beyond time. That was that's in his knowledge and that's the judgment. As for the qadr, it is the coming down of the thing and the happening, the manifestation of the qada. That's the difference of qada and qadr. When qada and qadr are used separately, they mean the same thing. Allah's will, and that's it. Okay? Qadr Allah, qadr Allah, it's, it's just the, they're synonymous. They're used synonymously in the general meaning of Allah has willed it. Okay? But qada, that's qada and that's qadr. What is the uh, opinion in the Maturidiyah. So, Al-Qadah, فَهُوَ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الذَّاتِ عِنْدَهُمْ As for Al-Maturidiyah, they say, إِجَادُ اللَّهِ الْأَشْيَاءَ مَعَ زِيَادَةِ الْإِحْكَامِ وَالْإِتْقَانِ فَهُوَ صِفَةُ فِعْلٍ عِنْدَهُمْ فَالْقَدَرُ حَادِثٌ وَالْقَضَاءُ قَدِيمٌ عِنْدَ الْأَشَاعِرَةِ You see, Qadah is Qadim. It is pre-eternal, forever. It's been this way. The judgment and it has no form no physicality it is the judgment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his knowledge but the uh, 
Qadar is hadith. Hadith means something comes into existence. Okay, that's the difference between qada and qadr. Okay. Wala kadalik inda al maturidiya. Okay. I just read you what the maturidiya says. We're not going to give much comment uh, so that I don't make a mistake on it. Yes. Isn't that more of their, uh, I guess, one of the very few points where uh, the maturidis kind of differ with? Yeah. Like the, um, the book by Ibn Kamal Pasha. I was mm-hmm. going over. Um, that this is one of the points that the Ashad and the Mataridiya differ upon? Right. Yeah, it does. They, they do. Hey, Ryan. Are you able to stretch over and. It seems like this window is not closed. It's open a little bit. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's open at the top or at the bottom. Would it be. Hadith means comes into existence. Would an accident kind of be a good definition? No, of it's that? just like it's something that comes into it. Come okay. on. Can you translate accident as out of. Out of the An accident okay. is different okay. from that. Okay. Okay. An, uh, an accident is upon a hadith. Hadith, okay. A hadith okay. is something that comes into existence. Mm-hmm. It's not pre-eternal. It's a finite thing. It comes into existence. Mm-hmm. You, you got it? It has a lock or what? I don't know. So anything contingent. Is there a lock in the middle? There should be a lock in the middle. So that closes, snaps no, both yeah, of them. It's one on the left. وَقَدْ حَمَلَ الشَّارِحُ كَلَامَ الْمُصَنِّفِ عَلَى مَذْهَبِ الْمَاتُرِيدِيَّ فِي الْقَدَرِ وَالْقَضَاءِ دُونَ مَذْهَبِ الْأَشَاعِرَةِ لِأَنَّ الْقَضَاءَ فِي اللُّغَةِ لَهُ نَحْوُ مَعَانٍ سَبْعَةِ So قَضَاء in the language is equivocal means it has equal meanings has multiple meanings أَشْهَرُهَا الْحُكُمْ the most Famous of it is the judgment. Which goes back to the action. Okay. Okay. So, Qadar does not go back to any verb. Qadar goes to a verb, which is to judge, to make a judgment. Qadar does not go back to a verb. So it makes sense that Qadar to be uh, connected to na- a non-verb, which is Al-Ilm. وَقَدْ نَظَّمَ الْعَلَّامَ الْأَجْهُورِ الْمَالِكِ مَعْنَ الْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ وَحَكَى فِيهِ الْخِلَافَ عَلَى غَيْرِ هَذَا الْوَجْهِ And he brought, Al-Ajhuri talks about it, um, that he talks about Al-Qadaa Wal-Qadar. إِرَادَةُ اللَّهِ مَعَ التَّعَلُّقِ في أزل قضاؤه فحقق والقدر الإيجاد للأشياء. So let me read it. إرادة الله مع التعلق. It is the judgment, the will of Allah مع التعلق. I don't want to translate that incorrectly, but في أزل تعلق with with conditions almost, right? Or تعلق with. I'm not going to translate it. With linkage or في أزل in pre-eternity it, has, it is not hadith This judgment is not hadith Hadith means something that comes into existence Qada'uhu It is his judgment That's qada' Wal-qadaru Al-ijadu lil-ashya'i Ala wajhin mu'ayyanin Aradahu ala So al-qadar Is the Ijad The manifestation into physical form Of this thing In a way that Allah wishes وَبَعْضُهُمْ قَدْ قَالَ مَعْنَ الْأَوَّلِ Some said this first meaning. الْعِلْمُ مَعَ تَعَلُّقٍ فِي الْأَزَلِ 
knowledge. They called it knowledge with ta'alluq in pre-eternity. وَالْقَدْرُ الْإِجَادُ umuri, And qadr is the ijad, manifesting, bringing into existence this umur, uh, this matter. عَلَى وِفَاقِ عِلْمِهِ الْمَذْكُورِ In accordance to that knowledge, aforementioned knowledge. Okay. فَأَنْتَ تَرَاهُ جَعَلَ الْقَضَاءَ هُوَ الْإِرَادَةُ So you see that he made qada is will ma'at ta'alluq. Will with a ta'alluq in the azal, pre-eternity. Okay. أَوْ الْعِلْمِ مَعَتْ تَعَلُّقِ الْأَزَلِي عَلَى الْقَوْلِ الثَّانِي Or it is knowledge. Okay. So either it's will or it's knowledge with ta'alluq in, an azal, in the azal, pre-eternity. وَعَلَى كُلٍ مِنَ الْقَوْلَيْنِ فَهُوَ قَدِيمٌ Either way, it is qadim. Al-qadah is qadim. It is Allah's attribute that is not, it is something that is not, um, or al-qadah is, is qadim. Whether it's will or knowledge, attributed to will or knowledge, it does not come into existence. It has always been there. Such that Allah's will that we hold this book in this manner, that was from pre-eternity. And the qadr is the, com- the actual occurrence of us holding this book like this. Okay. So that this moment in time happening as it is happening right now is in accordance to Allah's knowledge or according to his will. Either way, because will and knowledge are both qadim, pre-eternal. Okay? And the uh, manifestation of his is is hadith. It's something that came into existence. Okay? Either way, al-qadr, whichever way you look at it, is hadith, something that comes into existence. وَبَعْدَ هَذَا كُلِّهِ After all of this, فَالْقَضَاءُ وَالْقَدَرُ رَاجِعَانِ قَضَاءَ and قَدَر Both go back لِمَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَالْإِرَادَ وَتَعَلُّقِ الْقُدْرَةِ They both go back to knowledge or irada. Okay. وَلَكِنْ لَمَّا كَانَ خَطَرَ الْجَهْلِ فِي لَمَّا كَانَ خَطَرَ الْجَهْلِ فِي هَذَا الْفَنِّ عَظِيمًا صَرَّحُوا بِهِمَا when the when there was ignorance upon this matter, they were explicit in explaining it. Okay. Okay. So the Ashara consider the qada' to be an action. A sifa, a pre-eternal act, a judgment. لأنه عبارة عن الإيجاد وهو من صفات الأفعال. وعندما ما تحديد الله أزلا كل مخلوق بحده الذي يوجد عليه من حسن وقبح ونفع وضر إلا غير ذلك. So they said, no, they say, no, it is not an action, it is a knowledge. Okay. Uh, to know all, uh, to, to judge everything about the created things. So it goes back to the attribute of ilm. Okay. And so either way, al-qadah is pre-eternal. And al-qadr is hadith. So it's... This is our way, just to learn something here and there every once in a while 
a, a, a snippet and a nugget, but to go back to these mother books, right, in our haqidah and our belief and our understanding of things. This is the important. You, you never stop being connected, not only to the books, but to the shiuch. You can read and, and misunderstand. You can read and get arrogant, but you can't be with the shiuch and get arrogant because they're, 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 they're far greater than us in knowledge and in experience. You sit with them and you feel like you're an ant. Wallahi, that's a sign that you're learning, that you feel like an ant. You feel like deficient. You are deficient. They're just reflecting. They're the mirror. Al-mu'min is a mirror to a mu'min. So you feel def- you feel deficient. He's not making you feel deficient. You are deficient. He's your mirror. The alim is the mirror for you. Every Muslim to a Muslim is a mirror of uh, some way, shape, and form. Let's just finish the line. كَمَا أَتَى فِي الْخَبَرِ أَيْ لِمَا وَرَدَ فِي الْخَبَرِ All knowledge of qada and qadar where it's a source. Khabar. It's not mantiqi. It's not aqli. Ilm is definitely not a, a tajribi ilm. It's from al-khabar. فَالْكَافُ لِلْتَعْلِيلِ وَالْمُرَادُ مِنَ الْخَبَرِ الْحَدِيثِ لِأَنَّ الْخَبَرِ وَالْحَدِيثِ مُتَرَادِفَانِ عَلَى الْأَصَحِ What does mutaradif mean? Same meaning. So mutaradif is two different words, same meaning. Like for example, الدرغام والأسد والحمزة They all mean lion. والغدنفر They all mean lion. They're mutaradif. They're not uh, different aspects. Because sometimes you get a word that has different aspects. Right? Like An-Nur wa-Daw. Al-Daw is the source. An-Nur is the, is the light. So there are two words that mean different facets of light. But Mutaradifan means that they have the same uh, meaning. Two different words, same meaning. So Khabar and Hadith, same meaning. وَلِذَلِكَ قَالَ الْعَلَّامَ الصَّبَّانِ فِي مَنْضُومَتِهِ الَّتِي فِي الْمُصْطَلَحِ والخبر المتن الحديث والخبر المتن الحديث والأثر خبر متن حديث أثر ما عن إمام المرسلين يؤثر okay خبر متن حديث أثر same meaning okay أو غيره لا فرق في معتمدا there's no difference in in the reliable upon relied upon position وأشار المصنف the Musannif said, بِذَلِكَ إِلَىٰ أَنَّ دَلِيلَ ذَلِكَ سَمْعِي The evidence is sam'i. Of course, khabar means sam'i. Sam'i means something you heard. In other words, it's news that's related to you. And any epistemology that rejects al-khabar al-sadiq is absurd. That's what scientism is. Scientism is that only truth that we can build our reality upon okay, in our minds and therefore henceforth in our societies and in our institutions is that which is mahsus. Observable sensory knowledge That's absurd Prove to me scientifically That George Washington existed Prove to me scientifically That your parents are your parents Okay That's true So much of science Is based on trust Right Even though like You could have went and gone Done the experiment But you don't Because there's Who has the time for that Right So likewise Even within observable sciences You must at some point Trust somebody else Who did the experiment Okay you must trust a footnote that it's in the journal of uh, medical studies, blah, blah, blah. Yep. For years, and how that's more reliable than what they claim to be. You know, oh, 100%. The reality of how this world uh, our, our hadith, we have the hadith critical method. Okay. We've had a critical method from way before the Europeans have any had any historical critical method. 
And that's what that's the problem. That's their issue. They're imagining with their Eurocentric view that they're the only they're the first people to discover, hold on. You can't just accept what people are saying. You have to investigate it and get evidence. Oh, wait, you guys just realized that in the Renaissance times, right? We've had this way before you. Jarh al-Ta'dil is called. You can fill rooms of Jarh al-Ta'dil. And when you get those, those works, you realize it is impossible. No one fabricated this. It is, cannot be fabricated. Like the genre itself. Because you have people writing from Andalus, from Persia, from Yemen, from Sudan, who have no knowledge of one another. Yet the methodology of criteria, the criterion has seeped through all these people, through transmission, through public transmissions in mosques, in schools. Okay, Millions upon millions of people took part in this endeavor, this enterprise, to find out what the messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And separate it from what he didn't say And then what he said Separate that into categories that we can truly rely upon For our life And make law on And that which we would not make law on We call and we, But we should transmit it anyway That's what we call a daif A daif a Daif is not a fabrication Except if it's extremely daif Then we lump it It's not a fabrication But it's mulhaq It's lumped up with the fabrication In the sense we don't We it's too threadbare. Okay? So, we've had this. So, this is why he's saying, this is Dalil al-Sam'i. فَمِن جُمْلَةِ مَا وَرَدَ عَنْ عَلِيٍّ كَرَّمَ اللَّهُ وَجْهَهُ From the things, the statements that said from Sayyidina Ali, قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, لَا يُؤْمِنُ عَبْدٌ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِأَرْبَعَةٍ حَتَّى is نَاصِبْ لِلْفِعْلِ الْمُضَارَعَ when hatta comes in front of fi'al mudara, you give it jazm. That's why we say la yu'minu yu'minu marfu'ah. Abdun, that's the fa'il. Hatta yu'mina, until he believes. Yu'mina. Okay? None of you complete your faith. That mean, doesn't mean you're a kafir, it means, or a munafiq, it means your faith is incomplete. Hatta yu'mina bi arba'atin. With, yeah, until you believe in four things يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهُ بَعَثَنِي بِالْحَقِّ Okay You believe that La ilaha illallah and that Allah sent me with the truth وَيُؤْمِنُ uh, uh, Or we, we can say that يُؤْمِنُ is تَابِعَ لِحَتَّى وَيُؤْمِنَ بِالْبَعْثِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ And believe in resurrection after death وَيُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ حُلُوهِ وَمُرِّهِ أَخْرَاجَهُ التِّرْمِذِي and you believe in Qadr, the good of it, the bad of it, the bitter of it, the sweet of it. The famous hadith in the 40 Nawi. Al Arba'in just means Nawis, even though many people wrote Arba'ins. Al Imanu and Tu'mina Billahi wa Malaikatihi wa Kutubihi wa Rusulih. Iman is to believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers. Wa Tu'mina. Bil Qadri Khairihi wa Shari Hulwihi wa Murihi. Believe in Qadr. Good of it, bad of it, sweet of it, bitter of it. Okay? And khayrihi wa sharrihi, hulwihi wa murrihi. It's good, it's bad, it's sweet, it's bitter. The way I understand it, it's sweet and it's bitter is the explanation of good and bad. Because it's from your perspective. It's not saying, giving a pronouncement of good and bad alone. What is my perspective of good and bad? What is us as humans? Our perspective of good and bad is pain or pleasure. Right? Even though with, with Allah it may be different. The painful thing may be good for you. Well, you at the moment you don't know that. And qadar, belief in qadar, you're tested at the moment. 
Okay? At the moment, you have to believe that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the good and the bad. That's why, by the way, if you, when ni'mah comes upon you, that is as big a test or bigger than hardship when blessing comes upon you. And that's why anyone who is conscious of being blessed with a thing and ask Allah to write them from the shakirin, the grateful, that is a sign of tawfiq. So when a ni'mah starts coming to you, you start saying, Allah maktubni min ash-shakirin. Write that I'm, write that, make me destined to be grateful. وَإِنَّمَا عَوَّلُوا عَلَى الدَّلِيلِ السَّمْعِي هُنَا لِأَنَّهُ أَسْهَلْ لِلْعَامَّةِ They went back to the, uh, these ahadith because that is easier for the common Muslim. وَإِلَّا فَقَدْ عَلِمْتَ مِمَّا مَرَّ أَنَّ الْقَضَاءُ وَالْقَدَرْ يَرْجِعَانِ لِلصِّفَاتِ الَّتِي عَوَّلُوا فِيهَا عَلَى الدَّلِيلِ الْعَقْلِي Okay, and that قضاء and قدر, the mutakallimeen, also went back they can prove it or bring it evidence for it with dalil al-aqli dalil al-aqli would have to be that if the creator we know he has a will because everything is different it's not like a robot churning things out he has irada and he is he has qudra and he has ilm right so these are the, from the seven attributes of maani the seven attributes that you can discern with your intellect that he has a will that he takes action and he has knowledge so qada and qadr go back to these three for the asha'ira, irada and uh, 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 irada and um, qudra and for the maturidiyah he said here ilm if I'm, if I'm citing it correctly ilm explain taqween is that the expression of the creation manifestation? Okay. Yeah. So a little nebda there from Johar to Tawheed. And our, the purpose of this podcast is to expose people to knowledge. And in a, in a, se- in a setting that is not so academic that you got to keep up, right? Or that it's one thing based on another. So if you miss MBF, you know, 20, you can't listen to 21 like that. No. So it's nebdaat and, and, and little things in knowledge that, are, um, it really does help Iman. Iman these days, you need knowledge. Wiswas can come into people. Okay? And the incumbency on having firm belief that the word of Allah is true. Uh, I, was re- I, was, I was listening at a, a, a debate that happened between a guy, named, he calls himself Destiny, and Daniel Hakikachu. Bro, the guy, Destiny, I'm like, oh, Destiny. Is he going to come with like, look in some way, shape, and like Prince, right? When someone, you got a one name, you got to come out like blazing, right? You got to come out with like a $100,000 outfit on or something. Yeah, you got to come out with something. At least sunglasses. At least comb your hair. This guy came out looking like a bum. But but he's just like a bum with a t-shirt, clicking a pen the whole time. But he did, he was a strong debater. There was one thing that he brought up. It's like his proof that the liberal order is better than the Islamic order is that uh, Muslims can practice their religion in liberal countries, but liberals cannot practice it well in an Islamic country, such as Qomalut. He said, would Qomalut be happy in an Islamic country? And I'm thinking to myself, how is this a proof for anything? (laughs) Yeah, why is that a proof? Like, we're not trying to be equal to you. 
We are not trying to be equal to the liberal author, uh, uh, regime, such that if you do something that you consider good, well, we got to do the same. No, we say that certain people who are against fitrah, anything that is against the divine order, should not be comfortable in the divine order, right? It shouldn't be. So this idea of everything's equal, everyone's welcome, is not our is not the ethos of Islam. It's not the ethic of Islam. So, yes, you are, uh, uh, you know, like proud, the liberal order is proud that everyone has a chance here. And you're, that's what you're proud of. That's good. That's good for you. The Red Lobster is proud of seafood. McDonald's doesn't sell seafood, right? McDonald's is not competing against you. Olive Garden is not competing against you, right, in seafood. So uh, I would say about that that that's irrelevant to us. Our pride is being in accord with the divine order and bringing the closest thing to the, the heavenly order on earth. And that means certain things that are against fitrah, such as fornicators, their discomfort in this order is our praiseworthy quality. If you are a drug dealer, if you are a drug addict, if you are a fornicator, if you are a whatever else, and you are comfortable in an order, there's a flaw in that order. If you're comfortable doing that stuff in the liberal order, we say, you're proud of that. That's your problem. That's not something to be proud of, right? For us, we don't believe in that, right? We would believe totally that your discomfort here is good. So if a guy comes around uh, and, and he drinks and he looks at women and he comes into our mosque, that's his habit. Is he harming anyone? No, I'm just looking at you, right? When women pass by, he looks at them. And this guy comes into our masjid and we make him feel uncomfortable. Because we blame him, we stop him, we, we don't let him look at women. If he does, we, we say something to him, okay? Then we don't let him go on the women's side. And he leaves and he says, I was made to feel uncomfortable. I'm not welcome here, right? We say, that's a good mosque, right? <laughs> that's the type of thing, you are actually a litmus test. Your discomfort is a sign of goodness. So, uh, just one of those things that came up. Now, let's talk about new affairs of the Ummah. And this Saudi Arabian uh, restriction and what's true about it and what's false. All right. This is March 8, 2023. The Middle East Monitor, which... I wasn't convinced by that. Yeah, that's why I want to read it myself. That's why I said to people, I didn't say it's true or false. I said, hey, look into the permit issue, right? Just look into it because I'm not... I, don't, I, I, I didn't, at the moment didn't have the time to look into it and watch a three-minute video. But... Um, Saudi Arabia imposes restriction. Let's see what's true and false. Now, keep in mind, the Middle East monitor is tends to have a slant against Saudi. It's one of the reasons I like them, right? <laughs> but if we're going to be fair, we have to be fair. And I don't want to get banned from Umrah at the same time. <laughs> so let's see what this what this paper says. I want. I did a cursory search. Can you do it, Chief Latif? Seek, seek out where. Saudi themselves put their announcement and let's read it straight from the camel's mouth. Saudi Arabia has announced a set of rules and restrictions on the practice of the holy month of Ramadan in the kingdom this year, including a number of controversial ones such as the reduction in mosque loudspeakers, surveillance of worshippers wishing to seclude themselves during the month's last 10 days, limitations on donations and banning filming and broadcasting of prayers within mosques. 
Okay. In a document released and circulated on Friday by the Minister of Islamic Affairs, Abdul Latif al-Sheikh, you know al-Sheikh was... Yeah, that's the lineage of Ibn Abdul Wahab. The Islamic holy month of Ramadan is to be regulated by 10 points by which those within the kingdom must abide. Now, why did I care about this at all? Is because our guys are going. They're going for a whole month, including some teenagers. Okay? And go spend the whole month there. Now, am I going to read this? Let me just read the, the Middle East uh, Monitor's article first. Among these commandments are that imams and muezzins are not absent for extreme necessity. Except for extreme necessity. So what's controversial about that? I can't be absent from MBIC, right? That the tarawih, evening prayers, are not prolonged. That's the sunnah. The tarawih. Now, the, you can prolong the night, but you shouldn't prolong the rakas. Like, you can pray all night if you want, but the rakas should be shortened. It's better to be shorter rakas than longer. That's why 20 rakas or 36 rakas is actually to shorten the actual rakah. And the completion of the tahajjud prayer in the last 10 days of Ramadan before the call to prayer with a sufficient time so as not to be difficult for worshipers. Why should I be upset at that? This is good, right? Of course you're going to finish it before Fajr. Do you need a mandate to say that? Any Muslim know how to practice Islam knows that you have to pray tahajjud before Fajr <laughs> and give time for people to have suhoor. All right, so, so far so good for Saudi. They're innocent so far. Not that our making them guilty is going to mean anything, but they are fine so far. They also include those such as not using cameras in mosques to photograph the imam and worshippers during the performance of the prayers. What's wrong with that? Are they a sushi dinner that you need to take a picture and a selfie with, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, that's stuff you can't control anyway. Well, I guess you're going to have guards telling people that you're going to annoy the people, right? It's going to be annoying. And not transmitting the prayers or broadcasting them in the media of all kinds. Uh, I think it's good to broadcast good deeds. Right? But if they don't want to broadcast it, that's, again, not the end of the world. You know, like these imams I've always listened to since five, six years old. Yeah. And getting a like, chance to pray behind them, it was, it was like a dream come true. I'm telling you that a lot of people have that feeling. When they hear the shiuch... Right. And then they finally get to go and pray behind them. I think that's a good thing. But if he doesn't want, they don't want their guys broadcast, it's not the end of the world. But it's, it's minor. As well as obligating the imam's responsibility for authorizing the i'tikaf, okay, and knowing their data. What's wrong with that? That's not necessarily a crime because just to know your name, are you allowed to be here? To make sure that there are no, there's no, at first, second of all, how are you actually going to know their data? Anyone could forge anything these days. Nusuk app. Something like that, maybe. So, if we're going to be fair, at MBIC, if you're going to make Yatsikaf, we got to know who you are, what's your phone number, what's your emergency number, what happens if something happens to you, who are we going to call? That's like the, the, one of the main reasons. Yeah. If you commit a crime in the masjid and, and you uh, uh, abuse somebody in the middle of the night, we need to know something about you. Like, we need to know your driver's license. We'll be held liable. We need to have your driver's license to know who you exactly are so that if something happens to you or you do something bad, we can 
So, so what is wrong with knowing their data? So what does that mean? Having your driver's license, having some official passport picture, right? Something. So, so far they're innocent. Okay. The ministry also forbade mosques from collecting financial donations for organizing meals to break the fast for fasting people or for any such meals to be prepared and held in designated areas in mosque courtyards rather than inside the mosque itself. So they're not saying don't feed people. They're just saying don't do it in the mosque. Do it in a courtyard so that you can keep the mosque clean. What the hell's wrong with that, right? You're not saying don't feed people. We're saying here, okay, that you should, for any such meals to be prepared and held in designated areas, in mosque courtyards, rather than inside the message, so you don't soil the house of Allah, and to be conducted under the responsibility of the imam and the muezzin, so no free-for-all of bringing food. What the heck is wrong with this? Now you're dealing with millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, so people get sick, so that you don't just bring in your leftovers, right, and put them in the masjid. That's chaos. Other controversial rulings, and what other controversial? There's one ruling about the broadcasting the imam that I find to be minorly just a judgment call that I disagree with, but nothing here is bad. Nothing here is wrong. Other controversial rulings announced by the ministry are the limitation on the amount and volume of the loudspeakers emitting the call to prayer. That's not good. The dhikr of Allah should be loud. Right? Because your kufr and your singing and your Rihanna and whoever is you inviting is extremely loud. And I saw a video of a Saudi woman. She said she couldn't sleep because of the one of these events in Jeddah. She couldn't sleep. So that's okay to have. But this is a continuation of the same decision earlier this year and last year and the complete ban on their emittance of prayers and recitations along with the ban on parents bringing children to the mosque. I'm fine with that. Don't bring your kids. Like, if, you're the, if they're going to make noise. If they're going to sit still, fine. But if your kids are going to make noise, don't. But the idea of the um, um, banning the prayer, recita- the recitation, you can say maybe because it's Quran, and it, the recitation of Quran in public, people should be paying attention. So, yeah, so then... So you can hear the shatari in the shop, but then I can't pay attention. I'm doing something makruh here. But the adhan? No, the adhan should be loud, right? Who's bothered by it? No one's bothered by that. They stopped driving around with Jeeps anymore. They used to drive around with Jeeps. They stopped that. They used to drive around with Jeeps saying, Salah, 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 Salah. <laughs> right? It was terrible. Like, uh, Yeah. Uh, but they stopped doing, they, they disbanded that whole commanding right forbidding wrong group uh, division they used to have a division called commanding right and forbidding wrong now the restrictions have sparked outrage and backlash from many Muslims worldwide with critics seeing the rules as a further attempt by Saudi under Cr- Crown Prince Salman Mohammed bin Salman to limit the influence of Islam in public life through the use of restrictions long practiced by the likes of uh Zain al-Abidin bin Ali uh, and the former Soviet Union now here's the thing when you restrict a lot of things and you become too official it does remove the this, this spark because you know in Egypt I can go in Egypt cook in my, in my kitchen go downstairs put out a couple tables put the food on the table 
and say, everyone, iftar is on us today. And they make this stuff now illegal in certain countries under the name of sanitation. But what you do is you take out, there is no spirit anymore. The idea of having a spirit to Ramadan that will walk everywhere you see Ramadan, that, that spirit's gone. Yes, how to, everything has to be with a permit. Everything's got to be with a, a licensed restaurant, a schedule, right? Permission. Nothing, nothing can be from the heart like that, right? So that's where it takes away from that. No, what's that? Masjid who? Yeah. Like what without permits? Oh, they did stuff old world style. So they had the they they thought that because you own the land, you can do what you want in the land, which is like pre all of human history. But apparently, no. In the in in these civilized societies, you own you can own the land, but you can't do what you want. That's terrible. They shut down the masjid for not following these permits. That's terrible. All the while, as critics point out, the Saudi government increasingly promotes musical conference. See, that's where the, munaf- the nifaq comes in. They're promoting musical conference. They invite popular Western artists and raunchy cultural figures in an attempt to appeal to international aud- audiences and open the kingdom society. The ministry spokesman, Abdullah al-Anezi, I guess, Anezi, brushed away such concerns in a telephone interview with the, cha- with the channel as- Saudiya, just a national kingdom-run TV station, obviously, stating the ministry does not prevent breaking the fast in mosques, but rather organizes it so that there is responsible person, a responsible to take permission from it, and it will have facilities within the framework of preserving sanctity and cleanliness. See, I don't mind that at all. Makes sense to me. I like order. I like the Turks. You want, you want to enjoy two Islamic ethos, two personality, go to Morocco, Baraka, no order. Go to Turkey, order, right? And both have their own beauty. You go to Turkey, it's predictable. Every masjid will have a bathroom that's clean, that, you know, that uh, everything is perfect, okay? You go to Morocco, Al-Baraka, everything is Baraka. Egypt is the Baraka, everything is just... But it has a warmth to that too. There's a there's a disorder and a warmth to that chaos too, right? It's their temperament, and the Turks have a different temperament. I think there's right and wrong with that, but I think ultimately, at the end of the day, the Turkish way is the scalable way. You can scale that, and that's what we should go with. If we're ever going to have to take a, a a path, you go the orderly way. Okay, they're just they just like that. They just love to be in order. They have records. They kept records of everything from the Ottoman times. He also addressed the ban on filming and broadcasting prayers to protect platforms from exploitation and was not issued due to mistrust of imams, preachers, or lecturers, but rather to avoid any mistake of the recitation. Such that if the Qur'an, you had made a mistake in the Qur'an, and but you were streaming it on your Instagram, wow, you care so much. <laughs> Then in that case, I mean, the imam himself, uh, uh, that's a bit. I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So aren't, aren't you guys actually, um, aren't you actually broadcasting the Tarawih on the national TV stations? Right? Because 
I remember my grandparents, like my wife's grandparents, they didn't go to Tarawi. They're too old. They used to watch the reruns of Saudi Tarawi, Mecca, right? Like years ago. Yeah. You know, like on the, on the, on the thingy. So on the, uh, okay. Now, if you're going to Umrah, let's read you some news. This is for people who are going to Umrah. Okay. Umrah permits in Ramadan are now available via Nusuk. If you want to do Umrah, Saudi Arabia has said that permits for performing Umrah okay, during the upcoming months of Ramadan can be issued via an electronic platform aimed to facilitate services for the Umrah, for the Haramain al-Sharifin. The Saudi Ministry of Hajj and Umrah called on Muslims wishing to undertake Umrah in Ramadan to use the Nusuk app. Okay? It will issue the permit. Just go to the, download the app from um, all the mobile carriers. Nusuk.sa, you can also get it on the, online just as a, in a browser. Nusuk.sa is a platform that enables Muslims to do this. Okay, that's not really news, but halas, that's in case you want to do that. What else is news? There is no cap on Umrah this year. That's news. No, no lying. Okay, <laughs> okay, no lying. But no uh, limit on the number of people taking, undertaking Umrah this year. No limits. So as long, you just have to have the app. And by the way, when you go to Umrah, you can only go to the bottom, uh, the, the, the area of the haram, if you're in ihram, if you're mu'tamir. Okay? So some people just put the ihram on. Uh, and they're not wearing, they're not in Umrah. They just they need to be in the bottom there, so they just put a haram on and they go. Yeah, that helped out a lot. Okay. What's I I just uh, that's my clothes. I want to dress like Gandhi today, right? What's well, my clothes, right? That's it. I and they ask you, are you on Umrah? Yes. The general gist of this trip is Umrah, right? The general purpose of this trip is Umrah. I didn't come here to see the mukab. I came to you to see the cap. You guys know what the mukab is? Is the uh, Abraha-like uh, structure that he plans to build in Riyadh? It's a, it's a Kaaba essentially. No, it's confirmed that he put the plans, but he's got plans for a million things. Stuff not even happening. But Mecca itself, the construction has been going for ten years, and nothing's getting done. And by the way, I don't know what's going on. The different sections of the Haram have different designs. It bothers me. Yeah, that is true. Right? Yeah. One of them is blue and gold. You go on, it's all white. Another one's white and black. Every section of the haram now, it's almost like different people are responsible and hire different designers. It's making me dizzy. And you might say, that oh, that's superficial. It's not superficial. If you've got an eye for these things, I can't stand it. Yeah. Right? You can't have one section is blue and gold. Another section is all white. Another section is black and white. Another section is gray and green. Pick one. Right, like, you know how make one design for the whole thing. What'd you say? The time of the, uh, Earlier, yeah. when they had four different four different men that have like around <laughs> four different corners. Yeah, that's not they, their they, intention. The gates <laughs> yeah, that's not their intention. I'll tell you what what it should be. It should be all of it pure white with white etching. Yeah, pure white. Right, and they're etching everything in. So etch it in, and that'll give you the color, um, like a, a gradient. But it should all be one design, and that design should be white. You represent the Ummah, you represent the House of Allah, and then the Kaaba pops out of that, right? Yeah. Everything's white, and the Kaaba just pops out. That's how it should be, okay? The line is a city. Um, 
the line is a city uh, that it's another one of those you know architectural imaginative things which to me it would make more sense if you did it a circle right so that going from point a to point b the ma- there would be a maximum length so if i want to go from one end to the next of the line i gotta go the whole way whereas if it was around if it was round first of all you'd look prettier but it'd be more practical you cut the distance in half Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it just be panel, 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 panel? Right? It's a it's a billion dollar imagination anyway, right? So they might as well make it make it in a circle, but they want to make that line. The Mukab thing, I don't know, should I should I read it or should I get kicked out of uh the Haramani Shiri fame? Because you know they had when I discovered they have a profile about nothing but facts. You know that? Yeah, they have a profile for us. Yeah, they have a profile. Okay. And um uh so I'm not I'm not as the youth would say today. I'm not trying to get banned. <laughs> uh, in my generation, we would just say, I don't want to get banned. But you guys have to, I'm not, I'm not trying to get banned. I'm not okay. banned. I'm not what? Finning? Finning. Which is what, fixing to or what? Yeah, basically like a fast way of saying Okay. Kind of like, um, okay. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get myself banned here. <laughs> but the mukab looks like this, okay? And it could fit 20, what does it say here? 20 Empire State Buildings inside of it. Yeah, it's not a building. It's the structure that holds all the buildings. And inside of it will be Entertainment Center, essentially. Dhikr Iblis, basically. His Dhikr is, is entertainment. And there will be stuff on the roof. So, And they're, they're basically trying to create this. It's an indoor city, essentially. So to, to, to adjust the temperature, essentially. In Riyadh, the temperature, the dryness of the air, all that stuff. And it's a grand plan of the new Murabba development, but the building is called the Mukab, okay, and uh, the world's largest modern downtown, essentially, okay. And it's a colossal structure, nothing short out of a scene from sci-fi, like the line. Let's just see what gets built. It's easy to make renderings. Anyone can make a rendering. Let's just see what gets built. What? Yeah, they've been saying that 2030 for a long time, but uh, the, if, if we're going to go based on the Haram's progress, it's taken a while. It's a mammoth, 400 meter long, breadth and height, perfect cube. The Mukab would be the largest built structure in the world. Abraha would be proud. It is being built in the classic Nejdi architectural style and will have, what is that, tense? Right. What's classic about you start building buildings twenty years ago, right? Well, wouldn't this place deserts and tents uh, only a hundred years ago? Okay, so I guess put leather on it. The world's first immersive experimental experiential destination without with outstanding tech and digital innovation. Mars one day transport you to Mars one day, as per the video. The Mukab is expected to accommodate a massive tower. Seated on a spiraled base, like what they call a, uh, a what was it called? A vizarat, a guzarat. What is the Iraqi thing, that Persian thing? Jizarat, or whatever it's called. Camera. You know what I'm talking about, right? The zugarat. Zugarats. It's, a, it's what the, like a. Like a staircase around the Yeah. 
Okay, and has unparalleled vistas all around. Vista of what? Sand? Vista, go all the way to the top and look. Look at what? Sand? Two million square meters of lavish hospitality and entertainment. The interiors of this unimaginable unimaginable building will be walls with floor-to-ceiling video screens. Of video screens, the height of the Empire State Building. Okay. Used for projections. Thus, you might be able to be looking at the world's largest Xbox. Okay, the Mukab, gateway to another world. Be careful what you ask for. Not all worlds are good. Like, you know, spirituality. I'm spiritual. Iblis is spiritual, right? He's of the spiritual dimension. So be careful what you ask for. It aims to bring premium retail, residential, hospitality, dining, entertainment. You and those around you step into a new reality. Although created in a cubic shape to ensure maximum utilization of space and broaden the horizons of Riyadh, the Saudi government has come under criticism for constructing something similar to the Kaaba in Mecca. The Mukab glitters brightly as the crown jewel of the new Murabba project. Riyadh's latest urban development project shall provide more than 25 million square kilometers of floor area. By the way, there's nothing architecturally impossible about this. Like, there's no architectural innovation here. You're just building a wall, and then you're repeating that, what, one, two, three, four times. Ceiling is five. What's hard about that? And then build stuff inside of it. Like, the only question is the foundation, right? But they already solved that problem. Pour a bunch of cement. It is also slated to have a museum, a tech and design university, a school, a college, okay, a multi-purpose theater, and 80 entertainment and cultural venues. Okay, the news outlet also says that the new Murabba shall offer a 15-minute walking radius with its own internal transport system. It must be electric because where are the fumes going to go. Additionally, the airport will be a 20-minute drive away. If you are thinking about when can visitors actually experience this upcoming Middle East wonder, the Mukab will be unveiled in 2030 under the leadership of Crown Prince Yunusay, inshallah. Um, <laughs> all right, who's funding it? Obviously, whatever, blah, 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 who cares about who's funding it? But that's the idea of this Mukab, and Muslims are taking, are concerned of the uh, concept of building literally something that looks exactly like the Kaaba. Exactly like the Kaaba. Okay. I mean, look at the picture. So that's the idea. Um, for the Saudi intelligence, I'm just selling the news. Okay. May Allah guide us and you. Right? I'm just telling people the news. Okay. All right. 400 meters up and across an exact cubic form. All right. So... All right, let's go to Five Pillars UK and see what's going on in the news there before we move to Q&A. We need an American version of this. Okay. Muslims across Europe urged to boycott Israeli dates this Ramadan. What are the what companies are selling Israeli dates. Friends of Al-Aqsa has launched an annual campaign not to buy Israeli dates. Check the label, they're saying. 
All you need to do is check the label to avoid buying dates from Israel, including dates labeled Five Pillars Stuck with the Pop-Ups. You know the pop-up when you go on a website and it pops up to check your email, right? That's one of the worst things about my phone. Yeah, cannot hit X. It's so small, I can't hit And you're waiting for the... It's a pop-up that takes time. I got to wait three seconds. Okay, it says here, if it's labeled from Israel, the West Bank or Jordan Valley, don't get these dates. Okay. There are, Israel is the largest producer of the medjool dates with 50% of them coming from Israel. I think the other 50% out of California. Medjool, get them from California. You can still get them. I like to break my fast over those because there is... I have to have milk though. It's too sweet. The medjool is too sweet and too chunky. I remember a brother who... Uh, he, he, he took the hadith of eating seven dates in the morning. You know the prophet said the ajwa dates is the least sweet... And it's the smallest date that's the size of a grape. You have to have seven. You can't have one. It's nothing, right? He, this brother was having seven medjool dates every morning until someone stopped him, like, you're going to get diabetes from this. You, you, maximum I can have is three. All right, so that's a little piece of news there. If you want to make sure you don't get those. Okay, judge rules Ed Hussein defamed Miqdad Versi on Twitter. Ed Hussein is one of these. What is his status? Is he a reformist? He's like Javad, sort of. Now, Javad Hashmi is still going on about this. Now, Ryan, you were there. Did he not say that he conceded that it is a possible interpretation that maybe you can read into the Quran that Jews and Christians may have to believe, affirm the Prophet in some capacity, right? Or in the social capacity, whatever. He said that it possibly can be a reading, right? He didn't say it's definite. He said it may be a reading. Said that your belief is an acceptable belief. Yeah. I, said, I commented on that, and, said, and then I said, "Then concede." I said, "What's the point of coming to the debate? Yeah. If you think it's acceptable, why exactly. are you debating against it? Yeah. You're just here for like attention or something." And then he's so, so you you are all witnesses that that's what he said in the in the debate yeah. that it may be a possible interpretation. You heard it. Yeah. And then he, with a clause affirming the prophet politically and socially, which makes no sense. How do you how do you affirm someone who's passed away? How do I affirm George Washington politically? Doesn't yeah? What does that mean? Uh, am I giving him oath of allegiance? Am I recognizing his existence? Yeah. So so secondly, so that's the second point. Have to. Tr- no tricks, no games. Yeah. Exactly. That's the importance of of clear speech i can't live and the way to live to get paralyzed by somebody someone more powerful than you is when they give you words that you don't know what they mean how do i make you happy how do i make you unhappy i'm paralyzed cult leaders do this all the time it is the greatest quality and it's such an important quality allah and his messenger speak in plain language and there are no tricks here right yeah you cannot have this sleight of hand stuff where, okay, so I'm telling you, we all heard it. He said, may possibly be an interpretation. Now it's evolved into, yes, they must affirm the prophet, peace be upon him. Then what was the point then? Well, no, then I said, okay, listen, he's telling me you didn't understand. You didn't bother to pay attention. You are straw manning. You are um, misinterpreting. You know what I'll tell him? I want to tell him. I concede all that. 
as long as you are upon the position that you must affirm the prophet, that's what's important. I don't care about winning the debate. Fine. You imagine yourself won the debate. Imagine that I'm dumb. I got to tell you the truth. I could not pay attention to half of what he was saying. Right? I couldn't pay attention. I, I know what the haq is. And when I hear blabber about the opposite blabber, I, I just, I couldn't, my computer refuses to download this nonsense. It's the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would say, listen, fine. Let me concede. Fine. I wasn't paying attention. I have a deficient. Say whatever you want. I don't care. But you are affirming that they have to believe in the Prophet. Okay. Now, we now talk about this question. What is sociopolitical? Or affirm him as... Now, that, by the way, that's gone too from his, his statements on Twitter. That the, you must affirm the Prophet sociopolitically. That's gone. As a Prophet now. I'm happy. Allah, may Allah guide you. Right? But he's still on the clause that, but they could practice their religion. That is the next level that we have to... But at least he went to the point of they have to affirm the Prophet, but they could stay Jews and Christians. It, that itself is illogical. It is a rationally incomprehensible... It is, rash, it is a contradiction because if I am affirming... Your state, the Prophet, that means I'm affirming the Quran. At least as hadith. What well, it contradicts my own belief. How am I affirming the opposite? Right? And there is no metaphysics, as some people say. You know, Sayyid Hussein Nasr brought, brought down the, uh, broke down the metaphysics of how it can be that you have two opposite beliefs that belief in Trinity and belief in Tawheed. Because, and I watched the video on the metaphysics, it's just a jabble of words. There is no metaphysics in which Jesus can be God and Jesus can be a prophet and Jesus could be a rebel and that in any way that that makes any sense. There is no way it makes sense. Okay? That's this Bukhur over to Rai. I want to try if this, this works. So that's the latest news on that. But Ed Hussein, let's see what this is all about. I don't know who Ed Hussein Can you look up Ed Hussein, Chief Latif, on your... See who this is. I remember that name coming up, but I can't remember what it is. But they went to court. To court. A high court judge has ruled that anti-Islamist author Ed Hussein defamed the media spokesman for the Muslim Council of Britain, Miqdad Versi, on Twitter. Okay. I had a friend he named... Huh? Oh, defamation. Defamation. I, I had a friend who named his son Miqdad, and you know what all the kids called him? No, they called him Daddy. Is that a thing today? Because back in the in my day, that was like a thing. Miqdad. Okay, the decision by uh, Justice Lewis this afternoon came after Hussein tweeted in November 2020. Wow, three years later. Pipe down your pro-Hamas, pro-Iran, pro-gender discrimination, pro-blasphemy laws, pro-sectarian, anti-Western representative of an Islamist outfit. At some time thereafter, Hussein deleted this tweet. But Justice Lewis ruled, I am satisfied that the natural and ordinary meaning conveyed by the tweet was defamatory. See, I like that. Natural and ordinary meaning, right? Uh, not academized, you know, tur turn it into a pretzel concept. This is um, Mubtada.com or yeah. what? Yeah. Read it for us. So it says here, uh, the co founder of the Coast 
He also worked for Tony Correa. He was a senior advisor to the former prime, prime minister, British prime minister Tony Correa. Um, and basically, like a commentary of that. So, a zindik, basically. He's on the zindik agenda, the reform agenda. Okay. What is the biggest uh, problem that we have here? Uh, is the zindik, uh, the, this new reformist uh, movement? And it's it's hot air, but they get a, they make a lot of noise. Wallahi, it's hot air, right? It's complete hot air, but they put doubts. Then we have to fight those doubts day in and day out. Tavada. They're playing games. No, they're 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 totally trying to just justify their whims. And here's my thing always with these things. Um, who do you think you're fooling? You're not fooling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this nonsense. While stating that a person holds some of the views identified in the tweet would not in itself be defamatory, the tweet needs to be looked at in its entirety. Right-thinking members of society generally would deplore those who express views in support of Hamas okay, as a militant Islamic group. It is also contrary to the common or shared values of our society to express extremist views that are so objectionable as to undermine the legitimacy of the claimant's own participation in public debate. Attributing such views to the claimant would lower a person in the estimation of right-thinking people generally. The imputation is one that would tend to have a substantially adverse effect on the way people would treat the claimant. Miqdad Versi regularly voices concerns on Twitter over the misrepresentation of Muslim in suing Hussein. I wonder what the, besides a, a statement from the judge, what does he get back? Just a statement, I guess, right? You win in the court of public affairs, a public opinion. In suing Hussein, let's see. In suing Hussein, he stated that the natural and ordinary meaning of the tweet was that the claimant is an Islamist who supports a, supports a violent, fundamental, separatist, re, re, repressive agenda. Yeah, Hakam Abdullah, aimed at imposing Islam on society by force. He is a terrorist sympathizer and a sectarian bigot who endorses hatred and violence between Shia and Sunni Muslims. He is intolerant of other religions and other strands of Islamic belief, including mainstream Muslims, and supports the subjugation of women. His beliefs are incompatible with modern Western democratic values, and he promotes enemies of the West. Muhammad Mahboub Hussein, who has changed his name to Ed Hussein. Good, you took Muhammad off your name. That's, that's from Allah. Allah took it off your name. That's honoring the name of the Prophet. Should not be given to a Zindiq. Uh, was one of the founding members. I'm not uh, defaming the guy as a Zindiq. I'm just giving his, his theology. That, that's his theology. That's his theology of choice. Zindikism. You call it reform. We call it Zindikism. That's it. There's not, nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, from his standpoint. Founding members of the now defunct and widely criticized counterterrorism think tank. Oh, it's defunct. Quilliam Foundation. Good. It's defunct. It just went. What all its people. That's what they need. These groups, they splinter up. Because their, their basis is to be against. Not to be for anything. Hussein is also a columnist for the conservative weekly publication, The Spectator, and has written for the Jewish Chronicle and worked for the Tony Blair, Blair Foundation. When issued with proceedings... Hussein's lawyers claimed that they were no longer instructed to represent him as he now resided in the U.S. and did not submit to the jurisdiction 
of the English courts. He lives here now. Now he's our problem. Shoot, why, why do we got to deal with you now? All right. Uh, go to UCLA. Meet your friends. Representing Versi located Hussein's last known residence in the UK and then applied to the court for permission to serve proceedings, blah, blah, blah. In defending the claim, Hussein said the natural and ordinary meaning read in context. Oh, that's what that in context was that the claimant advocates for the interest of an Islamist organization and has expressed views which are supportive of Hamas, Iran, gender discrimination, blasphemy laws. Oh, what's wrong with blasphemy laws? Sectarianism anti-westernism and such advocacy and views expressed by the claimant he said that his words were partly an expression of opinion and partly fact in response to the ruling in his favor Mikdad said for too long there are some who have smeared with impunity ordinary muslims this judgment i'm happy for the guy this judgment puts an important stake in the ground the judge has ruled that at hussein's tweet about me is defamatory at common law Ed's claim that the tweet did not contain any defamatory meaning has therefore failed, and I'm delighted with the result. So he gets back, I guess. Oh, here we go. A further hearing to decide damages. Now, that's the good part. Versi is seeking $25,000 pounds, British pounds, as well as an injunction preventing republication of the words complained of or similar words. Okay. Okay. So he wants 25 quid. All right. As they call it here. Let's read this one. Some people have different things to say about this guy. His name is Sherman Burgess. Australian far-right activist embraces Islam because he's sick of Western degeneracy. Okay. Let's see what he's all about. I think someone had posted about this guy that they're suspicious of him because he advocates violence. They're going to get Muslims in trouble. Let's see if it's the same person. Sherman Burgess became a national figure for his role in the far-right group, the United Patriots Front. Reclaim Australia and the Australian Defense League over the last decade. Okay. But on his Instagram account, he has posted a video saying that Christianity has failed the West while Islam still stands up for traditional values. He said, the reason I came to Islam is because I've seen the degeneracy of the, in the West. I don't like the rampant alcoholism, the drug taking, sleeping around. I believe the West has lost its values big time. Christianity has failed the West, like a lot of other Muslims have said. It's not strong enough to defend the West." And this is because of its inability to act and protect its people, protect its congregation, protect its clergy. It just really angered me that there's so many of these Christians and they are seeing what is happening to traditional values and morals. Forget that. There's LGBT churches now. Okay. And I've noticed in the Muslim communities here in Australia, especially in West Sydney, they get on top of it. And if something, especially what the LGBT is doing at the moment, the Muslims were onto it, and they chase these people out of the suburbs, and they don't just sit back in the mosque and talk about it. They know that if this gets hold in the Muslim areas, okay, it will be all over for them too. So, Qawmalut, the reason Allah has put it on the earth is to show that there will be no ummah that can stop it except the ummah of Islam. And that means enough of the Muslims, because not all of the Muslims will stop it, 
some of them will welcome it and some will be that too. The Prophet told us that. That whatever path that they, Jews and Christians, go on, you'll go on that path too. Means some of the Muslims. We concede that. But enough that it is noticeable. Muslims will, in general, okay, put a wall up against this thing. That's what I think is the wisdom of Qamlut. To erase all other competitions. Show the world. Nobody can stand up to them except Islam. The, um, the, the Ummah, meaning enough of the Ummah to make it noticeable in the world. It's not going to be all of the Ummah because a lot of them will concede to this and fail at it. Yeah. say something about it, do something about it, make action to make it known that, you know, we are not okay with this kind of thing, and we're not going to let this thing perpetuate in society. So I was kind of, I was just kind of wondering what, how you... Um, the society for us, you all heard his question? Like, what is that, what does it mean putting up a wall? Like, how does this take form? It takes shape, quite simply, that uh, in our communities with our kids. Right? We're going to, we can show that we can make one person stop it in himself he transmit that to his son the women transmit that to their daughters the sisters all together repeat over and over that we are submitted to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can't just repeat it you got to taste it you have to taste the value of this okay we have to taste it we got to transmit the products of allah and his messenger sukun sakina into our children and to our communities into one another Okay, that is gonna you lose that if you go outside these boundaries, and we end up with a community that doesn't want this thing. We don't want fornication, in in it with heterosexual. Well, I don't want it because I'm gonna lose this. Okay, so why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala when He talked to Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, anhu su'a wal to 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 not only when the women were after Sayyidina Yusuf. No, and he said, I'd rather be in jail. So he went to jail. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he did this to keep away from him not just the indecency, but the su. You will be harmed by this. And when our children and our community taste the sweetness of dhikr and the sweetness of ta'a, the sweetness of siyam Ramadan, and the sweetness of iman and Quran and deen and suhbah and good families. Like good relations with your parents has a, has a calmness to it. Bad relations with your parents has a stress to it. Once they taste this, and you realize, listen, this is not an accident. This is the result of ta'a, that you live according to the heavenly way. They will not want that stuff. That is a sign. That's how we have blocked it off. We block it off from ourselves, right? And our children, our communities. That's the, the sign of that. That people could come in and see perfectly mentally well, healthy youth, shabab, but they're on a different wavelength. Okay, they're not going to be tempted. That's why you. Re this religion is all in one. You can't just have refutation. You have to supplant it with a great product, like the Umrah trip, right? They tasted the sweetness of iman. iman. The Prophet said, "That's our product. If it's not there." then we just have words.
We just have angry people. And when you burn out of that, you're just going to go and follow the, the crowd and become a liberal. Muslims are the most protective of traditional family values, which has really made me respect them and has made me become a Muslim myself. I like the fact that Islam has spiritual grounding. Islam has peace of mind. Islam has all these great things that the West originally used to have under Christianity. But Christianity lost its way. It's not protected by Allah. That's why. This religion is protected by Allah. There will always be pockets of Muslims who represent the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam takarruman lil-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a karama for the Prophet I mean takarrum for the Prophet a gift for the Prophet okay وَالضُّحَ وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَمَا وَالدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَ Allah has never, will never abandon the Prophet that means he will never abandon his ummah too okay, because the Prophet loves his ummah وَلَا سَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى the Prophet will always be, have something that makes him happy okay guaranteed if, and our question is can we join it where is it so we can be part of it? You want to say something? Go ahead. Uh, his statement, I guess how Islam, the traditional family values, uh, I guess kind of attracted him. I, I guess that is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and this might be a bit off point, but you know, you kind of see these new wave of like, misogynists, like quote unquote, and you know, kind of, you know, see how Islam is structured and whatnot, kind of yeah. almost abuse that basically. And, uh, Enter in the deen and whatnot. So, uh, if they enter into the deen properly, they'll be fixed. Right. You have to be fixed. You got to be corrected. Right. If you enter the deen, okay. Enter this deen, all of it. If he makes a mistake, he'll be corrected. If he's only entering Islam because you have structure, and then he discovers, oh, you have liberals too. I'm out. I'm telling you from now, we have liberals. I'm telling you from now we have Zindiqs, we have reformers. But the they will not be the winning they will not prevail at the end. Right. They will exist. They will come do harm. They will not prevail. And you will always have strong pockets representing the way of the Prophet. Okay. And you have entered Islam. And you know one of the things I like about some of these like uh, MMA guys? Yeah. Like you could talk to them, you could tell them straight things. Right. And they're not going to be like, they're not so so uh, sensitive. Like I could tell them, listen, you, you have flaws. You have an ego. Certain things in Islam you will not like. You have to control yourself. You have to submit. You have to understand Islam means submission. Allah is stronger than you and he is telling you, you submit to me, I don't submit to you. I judge you, you don't judge me. You can't say that if, if a soft wokey becomes a Muslim or a soft person becomes a Muslim. Okay? And it's not that, it's, it's that his, his upbringing was not right. His, he was brought up with entitlement. The type of person who's raised with entitlement, you can't talk to him. Okay? That's why I tried to raise my kids with, with, and I, as a philosophy. They should have privileged, privilege but they should not have the mentality of privilege. In other words, I want you to have, to do all the clubs and all the things that gives you a rich life experience, but I don't want you to have the mentality of privilege. Nothing you own here is yours. I could take it all right now, okay? Nothing that you hear, here, I could take it all away at any minute. I could disallow you to go to any of these things. You cannot have the mentality of privilege, but I want you to have the life. I want you to have that life because it's better for you. You have a lot of things to draw on. You can go on. Firstly, how do you know that we won't be poor in 10 years? And we won't have the chance. And you'll never have those memories now, right? So you take advantage of it when you have it. But they got to have the, the mentality that you, know, you better work. 
you're going to do chores. You're not entitled to Jack. Okay. You're not entitled to anything. Okay. All, if, if I want Saturday and give you a list of chores that take you eight hours, I can, I, I can do that and I will do it. Okay. There's no problem with that. The garage needs cleaning. Why do we get cleaning ladies when we have you? Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, the basement needs to be done. Right. There's cobwebs in the basement, the closets, all the, there's plenty of work. Okay. So do not have the mentality of entitlement. And now listen, when they do something wrong, I'm going to tell them face to face, this is unacceptable. You're not doing, this is messed up. Or the way you're doing this is wrong. And I'm going to look at your face. If I see your face squirming, twitching, I don't want any of that. Right? Accept it. And don't be upset about it. If I don't correct you, and I try to correct you in a nice way, but if I don't correct you, I'm not doing my job in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I try not to do it harshly. It's sort of awkward, even as a parent, it's, especially when they grow older. It's awkward. I don't want to have a confrontation. But if I see you doing something wrong, like praying wrong or not cleaning up right or not studying or being on your phone too much, and they have a restricted phone anyway, I have to say something. Allah's watching me as a parent. I'm more afraid of that judgment from Allah than of you. And that's what m- moves me to say something. I'm a fear of Allah more than a fear of you. And the fear of Allah here means if I let this creature go on like deviate, I'm going to pay the price, right? I got to bring him in line. So Allah has made us afraid of that bad thing happening. That's what motivates. So I said, listen, you're not going to like this. I'm taking your phone away. I'm doing this. You're doing these chores. You're not going here. You're out of this. This not happen all the time, but every six weeks, every five weeks, every two months, that clash has to happen. They're driving like driving a car, but they're driving off, right? I got to pull you back. They might not enjoy it, but I have to do it. I don't like doing it, but I have to do it. And I don't want to see you frown the rest of the day. No, none of that, okay? And then, you know what my dad used to do? Right there on the spot, he said, okay, this discussion is over. Then he'd say a joke, and it'd make me laugh, right? <laughs> and it's like a button. You're a switch. And it's like, wait, I'm a human. I was upset by this talk, right? But he's like, no, stop being upset, Okay. You have to switch, turn on and off like a switch, right? So, so I have to say things that are upsetting. We raise our kids. And these tough guys, I've never met one of them, by the way. They're just like, I don't know what they're like, these, these right-wing guys. I never met any of them. Maybe I, I want to get one of them on the stream one time. But I think that you could tell them the truth. Listen, you will see what you don't like in Islam. And by the way, you're Islam. Let's see how you last. Let's see how long you last. This is another phase that you're in, right? Because you want a sturdy, solid Muslim. The foundation has to be solid. A lot of people convert, and their upbringing was soft, okay? Their upbringing, you couldn't tell them, you, you know, the truth directly. You had to sugarcoat everything and put it all, and we're all, like, really nice and all that stuff. And it takes a long time to get from point A to point B. But these guys, they can get to point A to point B straight. Okay, and that's what I would tell them. Uh, uh, that's if I, if I had the chance. It's best for them to get that medicine right away. Okay. Also, I think for a lot of these guys, there's a huge nirmah in having children as well because it really humbles someone like that. Totally. You have a little kid, especially you know a daughter, let's say. Mm-hmm. It really humbles those kind of, kind yep. of people. It also takes you away from the nonsense you were doing. It gives you real life, like real. Now, who was the person that somebody said we shouldn't be too happy with him? We shouldn't be. 
um, you know, because he advocates violence. Does anyone know who that who they who that they were talking about? Hmm? Huh? No, no, no. Someone said on Twitter, "Be careful from advocating for this person or being excited about him because he advocates violence." I don't know who it was, but it was Burgess. Some of them are saying that he uh, was a right-wing extremist, and now he's he has some weird practices as a Muslim as well. Like an ISIS guy. Like I don't know about ISIS, but they're saying that he's advocating for extremist practices. I don't know Allah alim, but that's what they're claiming. Political. Um, yeah. So if you could look that up, that would be interesting. All right, we only have time for a few comments and questions. Yeah, open up the Instagram and let me know. And this philosophy that I'm advocating for, every one of you can do it when you raise kids. This is not, there's no, nothing special. There's no secret baraka. There's no secret mysticism. There's no secret books here. Everybody can do it, right? Like there, there should not be any hesitation on my part or your part for me to tell you that the phone, let's say, forget the phone, let's take anything else, that the, a, a privilege that I have allowed it to you is no longer allowed for you. Okay? Be- but I should tell you why. And I should have given you warnings too. Like, listen, if you fail school, you can't go on the trip. You failed one quiz. You got to see on another quiz. Plus, I give you the warning. Now it's time. You have to taste the punishment now or the consequence of it. And it should really be this is one, very few and far in between because otherwise they'll hate you. It's irrational that they'll hate you, but it's the reality. You have to live with that. Not, not all realities are rational. You have to act, interact with the irrational and you have to, because we're human beings, you have to account for the irrational, right? And you can't have the, your kids hating you. Habayb said, be very careful that your, kids, that, that, that your kids fear you or hate you. So all this is couched in a lot of uh, uh, softness and freedoms. But there's limits to everything. You can't damage yourself. Iqra. Questions? Akram says, Sahih Muslim, Prophet saw a woman. So he came to his wife, Zainab, as she was tanning leather. What? I don't know. I have to read this hadith. I have to read this hadith. Shaykh, have you looked into Ilmul Awfaq? Not only cursory. I don't really believe in uh, the ta'weed with numbers. Say what you want. Say whoever did it, whoever did it. I'm not buying it until someone gives me a, a, a proper explanation. You, know, you think if I write 786, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the code for 786, you know that? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the numerology of it is 786. Though if I write 786, I'm going to be protected. I'm not buying that, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't do Syriac, numerology, or hieroglyphics okay? in my ta'weed. I'm sorry to tell you, I just don't do it. The Prophet said, أعوذ بكلمات إتامات the words of Allah in written form or oral form. Read me something from Instagram. Huh? Okay. Uh, was Musa killing the man a major sin? No, it was an accident. Did Sajid Sahu twice because I wasn't sure how many Sajid for the first one? Is prayer valid? What do you mean the first one? What do you mean the first one? You just Sajid Sahu for Sajid Sahu? No, there's no Sajid Sahu for Sajid Sahu. There is no sajid sahu for sajid sahu. 
and to intentionally do sajid sahu for something that doesn't deserve sajid sahu nullifies the salah. At this point, do you even know what prayer you're praying? Is it us? Do you know your name? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. But just repeat that prayer because to do sajid sahu intentionally for something that does not require sajid sahu nullifies the salah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was led by a person who he forgot the the, the jalsa after the second rakah. He, he forgot the tashahud. So he owes a qabli. Uh, he does, but he stood up the whole time. Uh, he, he, uh, I think that this is like the salah is broken, right? Yeah. And then he didn't do salah so at the end. And people need to remember that. Well, if he, if the, oh, he didn't do salah so at the end. Um, he is mistaken. For, for for going down to a sunnah when he was already up in a state of a fart. That's the mistake that he made. And if you were in that situation, so he went down for the tashahud, okay, he should continue that salah, and then he should do, what he did was he added and subtracted. He added a standing and missed the tashahud. Well, now he fulfilled the tashahud. But so he has, he added. What's left, he added. He added a standing where it shouldn't be. So he owes a badi, because he added to the salah, and he and he's he made he's sin, sinful or makru to prefer the sunnah mu'akkada over the fart. So that's the fiqh of that. Yeah. Question on the last question. Yes, tafadda. So if you let's say you forget the tashahud, you went back up. Do you cancel that rakah and then like pray that same rakah again? If you did what? No, you don't cancel that. If you miss a sunnah mu'akkada, the rak'ah stands as, as you count the rak'ah. You don't cancel the rak'ah because tashahud is sunnah mu'akkada. What you owe is a qabli. A sujood, two sajds is sahu, before salam. Before is a salam is a qabli. If you miss a fard, if you miss fatiha, if you miss the ruku'ah, if you miss one of the two sujood, and then you'd realize that after, when it's too late, in your mind, cancel that whole rak'ah, and in your mind, shift the number of rakahs on up one. So if you are on the third rakah of Asr, then you realize, wow, I totally forgot a fard in the second rakah. Then in your mind, immediately, you recalibrate your intention that you're now on the second rakah of Asr, not the third. That's if you miss a fard. And then you owe a, ba- a ba'di, because you added to the salah. Okay? Stuff like this is what will break like, you super hard right when you die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Broken. You're done with. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to pray. He's gonna say himself. He's gonna be humbled. He's gonna be humbled. Huh? Akhdari is. Akhdari is. Matil akhdari on sujud sahu is complicated. I tell my students, we're gonna read it. We're, this is not how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it the way it is in the Risal and the other books. There are eight sunnah mu'akkada. If you forget one. You do either a qabli or a badi, depending on whether it's a deficiency or an ex, or you added, okay, or an addition. And for the fard, you miss a fard, cancel the rakah in your mind, and then go up and start the that rakah afresh, okay. And if you forget a qabli, qabli, a sujood sahu before the salam, because of a deficiency in the salah, and you forget to do it. You may do it provided that you haven't changed the subject from Salah 
nor gotten up from the salah, nor too long has passed by. Like you sat for a long tasbih, for example, and dua and recited different awrad and stuff. That's a long time. Or immediately you started talking about the dunya. Or you got up and left. So you broke the prayer. You're not in the, the vicinity of the prayer anymore. You repeat the whole salah. For a ba'di, sujood sahu after salam has less impact. Okay, You can do it whenever, even if you broke the salah. Okay, Even if you talked about the dunya, you went home, and then you remembered, oh, I added a fifth rakah. Just do the ba'di right there. But if you go and pray to Aisha in the masjid by yourself, and then went home and realized, it was three rakahs I prayed, not four, right? Then that whole, it's nullified, because you got up, you, you're out of the salah vicinity now. See how easy that is? It's so easy. And the eight, Sunnah Mu'akkadar eight, that's very easy what they are. Okay, the out loudness, the silence, every takbir besides the first takbir, and I don't do what Akhtari says, we have two takbirs, three takbirs. Who has time for that, right? He's confused in the first place. Any takbir, right? Saying Sami Allahu liman hamida, both tashahuds, sitting for that tashahud, and sitting for, uh, which, which one did I miss? Sinani jima, sinani jima, kada jimani, ta'ani addas sunan al-thaman. Takbir, tahmid, jahr, julus, sitting for the tashahud, reciting out loud, silence in what should be, oh, the surah, the, the surah after, after Fatiha, right? You're only allowed to put the surah after Fatiha in the first two, you're not allowed to put it thereafter. And you have to put it in the first two. You miss any of this, you also do so. If you added, you do the sujud after salam. If you decreased, you do sujud so before the salam. Right? That's how simple it is. How, how hard is it? Now, if you miss a fard, you can possibly miss a fard. If you're totally daydreaming and you forgot fatiha, you forgot rukuah, you forgot one of the two sujud. Okay? Just in your mind, the moment you realize that, cancel that rakah. Start it all over. And you owe a badi after that. Because you added to the salah. How simple is that? Boom. Right? That's how simple it is. So, dividing our ass was kind of two parts. We give a quote by Sayyidina Ali Do not raise your children the way your parents raised you. They were born for a different time. And dividing our ass elaborates on something. Good question. Very good question. You're going to raise your children in different ways. That means, for example, the urf has changed. For example, it's not fathomable, it's not unfathomable that you can ask any grandparent how much they played as a child, and they will tell you that after age like six, they didn't play. There was no, it's not unfathomable to find some of the elders of the masjid who have no hobbies. There's no such thing as playing, right? That was their world. Play, we don't realize this. We really don't re recognize this. But we engage in amounts of entertainment that is off the charts in comparison to our grandparents, right? And I still know people, well, a lot of them passed away. Their life was either fixing stuff around the house, the maximum, their form of entertainment was to grill meat on a, on a, on a, on a, a steak on the grill and have a cup of tea, right? That's, there was no such thing as entertainment or playing, Light a fire, go camping, fishing, right? Everything was functional. Fishing for the family, hunting for the family. Everything was functional. So times have changed, right? And if you don't, if your kid doesn't play a team sport, he may be left behind. That's where they bond. 
that's how they learn how to win and lose. Like you can't deny that. Even though textually on the book it's lahu, right? But still, that's the way things are done this in this world that we live in. So that's that's those are some of the things that we're talking about. I like those things would be a waste of time today. Like, or, or, that, or sorry, that would be a punishment today. Yeah, you have to go cook. You have to do this. You have to. Oh yeah, be, yeah. That's yeah. a punishment nowadays. Back yeah, then it was fun. Now it's a punishment. Yeah, Subhanallah. So all those things are. Uh, I think that's how I understand it. That the orf, the way of life, has changed. Okay. All right. Now let's take this question. Oh, the book Sharh Sunnah. What is the Ash'ari view on the authorship of this book? I've heard people hypothesize it was not written by Al-Barbahari. I never heard that. I, I only know it as Al-Barbahari's book, so Allah knows best. Ghulam something uh, who was actually like the, when, when they checked back the manuscripts that actually yeah. belonged to him and it wasn't Al-Barbahari. It wasn't. The Sharh Sunnah of the, like the, the commentary of the Sunnah of Imam Ahmed. No, I have, I have to look at it. I don't know. I never looked yeah. that up. If someone's interested in looking. Bro Haji made a video on it, if you know that is. No, I don't know who yeah, these, yeah. Who these uh, characters are. Yeah, he's, he's quite a character. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got a name these days. Yeah. Like, like, what is this? Da'wah <laughs> uh, uh, man, Abu Da'wah, yeah. Abu this. And it's like, <laughs> this is, <laughs> huh? We're the Salawat boys. Salawat boys, that'll take. <laughs> that'll take. Now, synopsis says, is it allowed if the woman I marry takes my last name? Only in the Hanafi school is it permitted if there's an official need. The other madhahib don't necessarily like this um, because the reason is that um, the last name, it's about the perception of the last name, the tasawwur of the last name. The last name is a nickname. You can change your own last name. Anyone can change your last name. What is absolutely forbidden in Islam is to attribute yourself to other than your father. So if the tasawwur is that the last name signifies my father, then you should not change your last name. But if the tasawwur so what is the perception or the conceptualization of the last name is just a laqab, just a, just a nickname. I could change my last name if I want. If, I, if, I, if it spelling doesn't isn't easy, if the letters are difficult, you change your name. So if it's just as you view it as a laqab and you take on his laqab, that's not a problem. But I, I personally um, would expect my daughter to keep her last name. That's just the way we do things. Nuri says, if a non-Muslim asks to visit a masjid with me, can they come for Jummah? Yes, in the other masjid, but the, in the other madahib, not in the Maliki school, but in the other madahib, yes. But she should dress appropriately the clothes of salah. When you go to the masjid, you dress as if you're in salah, in the musalla area at the very least. Ahmad W., there has been a flare-up on Twitter about Ibn Arabi. Yeah, probably by kids who don't even read Arabi, right? Uh, just leave the whole thing. Be, there's no point on it because um, even if you read Arabic you might not even understand his works yeah uh, MJ Steele says can you please elaborate on the three questions Imam Ali asked Amir Ibn Abdul and explain the importance of the three questions Sayyidina Ali asked Amir Ibn Abdul he was the wrestler right the great rest fighter and Sayyidina Ali defeated him Amr I believe his name is Amr ibn Abdul, but I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head what the three questions are. So if you can put it in, uh, then we could think about it. Muslim Ahmed with a very weird thumbnail picture of those European twins who way overdid uh, plastic surgery. They had like twelve 
Look what they look like. Oh, man. You see that? They look like, like monsters. Like Roblox guys. You, you would think this is not a real human, but it is. This, these guys had so many um, cheek, whatever they implant, Botox. Botox in his mouth, a jaw increase over whatever plastic surgery to the point that he looks like a, a, a caricature. It's scary. These were twins in Europe. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Muslim Ahmed says, does Surat Ghafir 82 prove the ancient civilization were more advanced than not only the Meccans but us today? Allah Adam. I don't think anyone had what we have today. We would have records of that at least, right? We would see, it's all plastic, right? So how could they have what we have today when plastic wasn't invented? You know why you watch the movies from the 20s, there's no plastic, right? It's really, imagine a world where there's no rubber or plastic. It's hard to imagine, right? Ahmed W., if I reminisce back to times while I was in Ghafla and Lago Entertainment, would that mean Toba was not sincere? Yes. It would mean you're nullifying your Toba. Uh, remember the time we used to go to the nightclubs and the strip clubs? <laughs> Make Toba from that. You just nullified your Toba. You nullified your Toba. Okay. Can we use moisturizer with alcohol in it? Yes, inshallah. That must be that. Lily Rose, on the hadith I mentioned yesterday, Qurra ibn Ilyas reported the Messenger وسلم, said, if the people of Syria are corrupted, there will be no good in you. Subhanallah. That's heavy. That is very heavy. What's the evidence for group dhikr? Well, the Sahaba. That's the evidence. The only debatable question is, in a singular voice or not? That's the debatable question. And by ijtihad, the ulama said, yes, it's what, what, would, what would be the prohibition of being in a singular voice? Because we have no record. If the, the loud dhikr of the Sahaba was in a loud voice, was in a uh, staggered voices, or one unified voice. We have no record either way. So therefore, both of them would be permitted. Right? There is no... Yeah. Yeah. It is permitted. Well, in latter fatawa, such as that of Imam al Nawi, he shows that all this is permitted. And it's in his book At Tibyan Fi uh, Adab uh, Tibyan Fi Adab Quran. I remember you also mentioned that it's human nature to equalize our voices. Oh yeah, by fitra. Uh, so uh, what I tell these brothers, they say group dhikr is allowed if everyone's just doing their own dhikr. I said, show me one gathering of that. You wouldn't want to attend. You can't attend that. And if we, if you start saying La ilaha illallah, at your own pace, you at your own pace, you're at your own pace, me at my own pace, and Ryan at his own pace. I would say within two minutes, three minutes, we would all be unified. That's the nature. Harmony, harmony. And since when does cacophony better than harmony in Islam? In, right? Does not Allah love in Allah Allah loves people fighting for his way, in his way, in rows as if they are bricks laid together. Right? That means Allah loves harmony, loves these things to be uh, straight and clean and crisp. Not... Loud and cacophonous. When when the Sahaba prayed Tarawih, everyone was out loud and it was cacophonous and they didn't like it. So they said Jama'ah. So that's a proof against cacophonous. Cacophony. Cacophony means everyone's voice is separate. Did not the Prophet say that if your Ameen matches the Ameen of the Imam and matches the Ameen of the Malaika, all your sins are forgiven? 
So harmony is rewarded. Harmony is good. Find me any labbaik Allahumma labbaik, hajj group, umrah group, saying labbaik Allahumma labbaik separately. So, and is it therefore rewarded that if I find everyone saying labbaik Allahumma labbaik in one voice, that I say, hey, everyone stop and be different? That should be the sunnah then. I've never seen that. You never see that. It's not a thing. Say, everyone, be different in your talbiyah. So the debate, if, if anyone who understands the mas'ala, Hanabila, everyone, the debate has nothing to do with dhikr out loud in a group because there's too much evidence for that. The debate is in one voice or not. The second debate is, can you schedule it or not? Like, let's all meet here on Friday and do the. So wait, why would that only apply to dhikr? That should apply to everything then. Can I schedule a podcast? Can I schedule a Quran class? What's the dalil against scheduling? Rather, if I look at it, the sunnah of Allah is scheduling. Fast Ramadan. Fast in the day, not in the night. Right? Make hajj in dul hijjah, not in dul qiyadah. Okay? Assalamu alaikum, champ. Kibahalak. How are you? Ali Kawaga, let me read this first and then you give me the Instagram. What happens if a person hates his dad due to practice of people of loot? That means the dad practices the action of Qomalut. How can you deal with him when he doesn't want to repent and admit what he does is wrong? Um, that type of person is no different than the dad who is a pagan, for example. You have good company with him in the dunya, but you stay away and you don't um, agree with him nor support him. And if it's a worldly matter, you can keep his company. It, only because he's his dad. The dad and the mom are the only exceptions. Everyone else, you would cut them off. Okay. You would not keep their company at all. But the parents have an exception. So on matters that are not related to this dunya, uh, then um, you can, uh, sorry, to the dean, you can support them, go out with them, eat with them, watch stuff with them, on all that. The kid broke basically. Yeah. He broke the kid got broken and become a drug addict. Yeah. I hope he's forgiven to be honest with you. One day we will like to hear uh how you spend a day. Okay, one day we'll tell you what is a day in the life of Dawa. Right? It's non stop. The morning is the quietest period of time. Once you hit the go button. It's usually non-stop until night. And there are only a few nights that you get off. Because the masjid life happens at night. Right? People come to masjid in the weekday. And you basically have no weekends. All right? Even if you have Saturday off, but you're, you work Friday and you work Sunday. So one day in the middle is not... Like you can't stay up late on Saturday. You got to be masjid on Sunday morning. Is it Ramadan meant to be a time we build habits for the rest of the year? Or just do good deeds. It's a time to prove, to show you that you can avoid your sins. Because in Ramadan, clearly you don't do your sins in the daytime, at least. It proves to you that you can, and it should build you some iman to push you in the next few months. Okay, how can, can we do istighfar without wudu? Yes. Istighfar is simply saying it with your tongue and feeling it with your heart. Seeking forgiveness for Allah. Uh, Pablo have you read Muhammad Asad translation of the Quran? No. He is he is has some Mu'tazilism in his writing, so you have to be careful of that. 
You got Instagram? Insta. There's a couple, actually. There's only three. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them asked, is it required? Muhammad, uh, is it required to do sexual stuff with women after the prayer? Um, my sister Kaylin Bonham asked, less wealth is a valid criteria for the court when seeking a spouse. How to deal with transfers? Women should feel like you're wrong slash materialistic for having certain financial terms with other people. Okay, first of all, um, there are two opinions. Akhdari has one opinion, and there is another opinion about the nafila. That the one opinion is that you treat the nafila just like the fard when it comes to sujud al-sahu, and that's the easiest opinion. Okay, the other opinion, it has all these exceptions. That again, it just becomes makes the subject matter very cumbersome, like you're <coughs> juggling and you can't keep up now. How many how many takbirs am I counting? If I miss a surah, did I miss the silence as well as the surah? It becomes way too much. So I treat the nafila just like I treat the fard when it comes to sujood as sahu. And as for the other question was... Uh, if First of all, the moment someone makes you feel like that, then he's stingy. Stay away from such a person. Stinginess is something you don't want in marriage. If he's too poor for you, he's too poor for you. Move on, right? Simple as that. Uh, if he's already making you feel like that when you're not married, imagine when you are married. So, if all sincere dua is accepted, why do we have special times of acceptance? Because it's a left lane. All the routes of the highway will take you, but certain, you have a power boost, stronger to get there. But yes, dua can be accepted at any time. But you have a power boost, why not take it? Is it true that if you initiate a good habit in Ramadan with sincerity, Allah will give you istiqam your whole life? Allah Adam. Allah Adam. If you ask for it and you work for it. Should I memorize Ashmawiyah in English so I don't know Arabic? Memorize at least the list form of it. The list. At least that aspect of it. Okay. Can you explain what this means? The Mufti is a prisoner of the questioner. Mean it means that if the question the Mufti can only answer what you're asking. And he needs to know the information from you and he needs to understand the question from you. That's how I understand it. I heard this is what happened with like someone just like uh, asked you and he took it back and he realized that they just gave him stupid terms. Yeah, so the, the part of the what they talk about the mufti is that he should be smart enough to know when he's being duped or when he's being tailored to answer the question a certain way. And he should he should know better than that. And he should pry for the information right that's necessary abdullah says does a person with a stammer have to recite the fard prayers out loud he still does yes uh it becomes difficult and speaking general out loud is difficult and exhausting in that case maybe there's a fatwa for him but at least he can hear himself okay but if it's truly a sickness we should maybe see if there's a fatwa yes al-qadi made a video on how uh sharh sunnah it cannot be attributed to al-barbahari. This is business for the Hanabla. If okay, uh, can we do istighfar without wudu? Yes. Um, my parents are forbidding me from going to al-Azhar. They are o- they are also old, and I'm afraid they might need my help in my absence. So I go to Azhar or seek knowledge at a place closer to home. No, seek knowledge close to your home. Try to use online outlets, and then. Um, stick to your parents because that is your fart. 
and inshallah the barakah will come to you but also put the effort to learn from your home and from online and read a lot of books and contact people on whatsapp and get to know shiuch by signing up for their schools and things like that yeah uh, one thing a friend told me uh, I was kind of annoyed myself uh-huh. I was studying like I'm you know studying like here in a university setting like it's kind of distracting me from actually proper full-time studies one thing that he said was like um, the fact that you're able to study in the way that you can within your context shows your sincerity towards like actually yeah. being studying because yep. like a true student of knowledge or someone who wants to study will get anything that they'll, they'll take I mean, they'll take anything that yeah. they can get meanwhile like somebody who may be not as sincere about it they'll just get like fed up and, like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore I totally agree if you're truly sincere you'll study with it you'll scrap you'll take whatever you can take right and if you're um, your insincerity may be the, the cloak of I went to Syria I'm studying in wherever it's like a cloak Saracen says, uh, what is Saracen saying here? I sat with the Prophet more than 100 times and his companions, they would reminisce over things that happened in the, to the pagan era while he was silent and sometimes even smiled with them. Yes, the pagan era. Era. Old times. Not the deeds. Not paganism. Yes, they would rep- reminisce about things that they did, not the shirk that they performed. No, they're impossible. That someone say, I remember the time when we used to have idols and the idols didn't prohibit, permit, forbid khamr and zina and we used to drink and, no. Or they were just laughing at themselves by saying, we, like Sayyidina Omar's famous hadith and some people question it, saying, we used to do this and how terrible we were and like that. How foolish we were when we used to do X, Y, and Z. So that's what is meant by that. Okay. Can you make istighfar while doing wudu? Yes, you may. Okay. Yes, you may. Yeah. Haider um, Hussein asked, what are you doing when you do social work? Um, another person, uh, Evelyn AR, uh, made a request. I heard a student asked what are you doing Yes, we made dua for them uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, Give her Jannah to Fidos, an Arcview student. She was in, uh, she was a mother, and she passed away. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give her Jannah to Fidos without any hisab, and may Allah Taala accept the best of her deeds and judge her by the best of her deeds, and may Allah t- uh, overlook the worst of her deeds and transform them into hasanat. May Allah grant her the shafa'ah of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and make her the shafia for her her family. May Allah subhanahu wa taala unify them all in Jannah al Fridaus and may Allah make her grave aroudam in Riyadh al Jannah. May Allah make her grave aroudam in Riyadh al Jannah. Wa sallallahu baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Just a few more quick questions. If nobody is punished for the sin of other people, then why are we on earth if Adam salam repented because we do we don't we are we don't get punished for the sins of others but we do inherit the consequences of their actions that's why so if if a man misbehaved at work and got fired he has the sin but we all have the poverty now right his whole family has the poverty that's why you got to take care of your actions okay um do you recommend me memorize Mursil al-Mu'in and Risala by Ibn Abi Zaid? Mursil al-Mu'in. Mursil al-Mu'in. You don't have to memorize Risala. Memorize Mursil al-Mu'in. And Risala has many things are it that are not in the Mashur anyway. So just keep that in mind. 
Okay. Um, is it appropriate to give verbal dawah at work? No, you shouldn't. You're not paid for that. You're, that's causing problems in the workplace. You're not paid to go to work unless the other person is accepting of it as regular conversation. But you are paid. You're not paid to go use the platform and use the access that you now have to these people for, for your own personal business, whether it's tijara or otherwise. So I would say no. I will be upset. Okay? I will be upset. I, like, I want you to work. You're here to pay eight hours to punch keyboards. Okay? To push keyboards. Right? And you know how we feel about all these, what is it? Structural engineering. What's that stuff that makes no sense to us? Right? That it's that project um, engineering stuff that we haven't figured out what they actually do on the job. All these. There's so many jobs now that cannot tell you in 60 seconds what is his function in the world. Right? I call them glorified Glorified group leaders and things like that. And yeah. <laughs> How do you make wudu? How do you make istighfar while making wudu? You whisper it under your tongue, astaghfirullah, while you're making wudu. That's okay to do. Is it better to learn the sunnah du'as, such as du'as of the morning and evening, or memorize some Quranic surahs? No, after you memorize what you have to pray with, then memorize, recite. You don't have to sit and try to memorize the awrad. Just read the wudu. You'll memorize it by default. The words al Latif in the morning, Ratab al-Shahid at night. Just read them, and you'll memorize them by default, but read them, and then so it shouldn't conflict with hifs, because you're not trying to memorize those awrad. You don't need to. No one needs to sit there trying to do hifs of awrad. Just read the awrad, and you'll memorize them by default. Abdullah US, yes, we did answer your question back. I can't remember what the question was, but we did answer it. Uh, Instagram, go ahead. There's no doubt about the dhikr for anxiety is a salah on the Prophet, peace be upon him. There's no doubt about that. I don't understand the second question. Yeah, he said, so basically, how long should a person pray before So you owe up to five prayers. If it's five prayers, then you just circle them and make them up whenever you can, as soon as you can. But let's say you miss Dhuhr and it's now Asr. You have to pray Dhuhr before Asr. Let's say you miss Dhuhr and Asr and it's now Maghrib. You have to pray Dhuhr and Asr before praying Maghrib. Up to four prayers. Once it's a full day, then you just pray the current prayer and make up the rest when you can you missed Aisha and Fajr and now it's Dhuhr you pray Aisha Fajr oh. Dhuhr what if you pray Fajr and you pray Aisha you pray? no then you just make up Aisha okay yeah some say yes and some say no it's different upon yeah. Anza Jama'ah says How do we understand the hadith about A Christian and Jew will be in hellfire in the place of a Muslim Yes that is a hadith That means that for every human being There is a plot in paradise and a plot in hell It's reserved with your name on it If you go to paradise There's a vacancy in the hellfire Then you do not have 
people who harmed you in the religion, they try to make you kuffar, they try to take you away from the right path, they will take your hellfire for you. You're, and you will take their paradise. Didn't you not have a struggle? Did not Umayy ibn Khalaf struggled against Bilal and tried to kill, uh, torture him and make him recount, recant his Islam? So the, part, the, the place in hell that was reserved, that will go for Umayy ibn Khalaf. And the heaven that was for Umayy ibn Khalaf, go to Sayyidina Bilal. Like that. Can't say that. Per, I'm just giving an example. That's the meaning of it. These people harmed you, right? What spiritual places do you recommend to visit in Turkey? Well, if I go to Turkey, I would want to spend my whole time in Ayub Sultan. And I don't know much about Istanbul beyond Ayub Sultan and all the other masajid. I go to all those masajid, but Ayub Sultan to me is a special place. All right. Um, third time, Saracen is asking this. Mean that there is no sunlight in Jannah. No, it means. It means there is no um, blindingness of the sun is not there. The blindingness and the coldness of the breeze is not present. But the sunlight, the beautiful sunlight that we like to see is there without the blinding nature of it, with no heat and beautiful breezes come with no coldness. And there is no darkness in Jannah. There is sunset. That's it. Sunset. And then it comes back. The sun comes back. So I don't know. There are two suns, like in Star Wars. One sets on one side, then rises on the other. Allahu Akbar. But there is no sunset. SH says, my question was skipped with an aghast face. So let's go to SH's question. I can't find it. Whenever you tell me your question is skipped, just put the question again. Okay, here it is. I live in blessings, youth, money, family. But the last property I bought had slight issues with its view. It's eating me and I obsess about it and I hate it. What can I do to be more grateful? You can, the best thing is go, go around to the poor neighborhoods. Give them sadaqah, right? When you give sadaqah in poor neighborhoods, you do good deeds, but you also get to see how people live, right? You go how people live. And, and it brings your, this, this, the standard out. Secondly, if you're a property guy, you brought a property and then you regretted it, sell the property. Fix your mistake. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm debating all the time. Did we do too much patio and not enough parking? Good, alhamdulillah. We made a com- Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. If we park it properly. Alhamdulillah. I, to- I asked Fuzzle and... Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I asked Fuzzle and uh, Jamiri to come together and come up with a plan so we can paint lines. Memorizing awrads is beneficial as one can read them when driving back. Yeah, it's beneficial if you need, if you, if, if, and it's winter and you can't see, no problem, but you got phones now. The awrads all on your phones too. But yeah, so of course it's beneficial. No doubt about that. Okay. What's your opinion on Ibn Rush's book, The Disgusting, The Distinguished <laughs> Jurist Primer? Well, it's, a, it's, it's definitely one of the classics. There's no doubt about that. Hidayat al-Mujtahid, do you mean? Isn't it permissible to wear shoes on slippers in the Haramain? Yes, it is. At least in the, definitely in the second floor. But if even if needed in the first floor. All right, we got to stop here. Is there any last question on Instagram? Yep. Sister Amar Bintu, how can we overcome feeling hurt by someone?
someone loved you and uh, someone loved you so much, but they hurt you. You ask Allah to heal your heart. In those those matters, you go straight to Allah. Ask Allah to heal your heart. Because anything that has to do with the, the heart, you just take it straightly, directly to Allah. Or some talk to the person, maybe. What do you think of Sheikh Nuh's translation of the Quran? It's excellent. It's excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Jazakumullah khairan. We will see you tomorrow with stories of the awliya. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Thank you.